0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Iron Blog Talk Radio show. show with your host, Minister, Minister Aibet, and, and you're listening to it on the win. win Network. Yes, that's right, Win Network. Together, we win. Stay tuned.
1: I'm in here just jamming and grooving. Anyway, good evening. Welcome to IRAIN Blog Talk Radio Show. I am your host, Minister Annie Bell. I actually created the show, IRAIN, um, which is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated, and we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as providing awareness, prevention, and resources to the community. As you know, January is Human Trafficking Month. Uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we are continuing efforts to discuss topics relative to sex trafficking. So um, tonight, though, we are dedicating this episode to the life and memory of Kaitel Marie Gunning. Now, last Tuesday, I interviewed Raymond Bouchard, who trains the FBI, other law enforcement agencies. He writes. He writes to make changes in legislative legislation <laughs> to advocate for victims of sex trafficking, as well as engage in operations to rescue victims from sex trafficking. Kaitel Marie Gunning was one of those victims that he was instrumental in rescuing. So, but on Wednesday, January 11th, uh, Kaitel Marie had passed at the age of 34. And I'm going to just read part of her obituary because I want you to know her. I want you to uh, know about her and what she stood for. It's, uh, it's, it's very touching. But she passed away at home unexpectedly, born May 31st, 1982, in Hartford, Connecticut. She lived most of her life in Newington, where she attended co- um, school and received her associate's degree in marketing. And Ketel worked as an exceptionally talented dental lab technician at various area labs. She also served customers with her infectious smile and laughter at many restaurants in Connecticut. Ketel loved animals, listening to her music, as well as being very creative, always finding solace in arts and crafts. Most of all, she loved people especially those who needed her unique ability and passion for offering a helping hand. Ketel always lent an ear to family, friends, and strangers. Turning someone's tears to laughter was her special magic. As a courageous and compassionate advocate for human trafficking victims, Ketel assisted and saved countless lives over the past several years. Elected officials often credited her with the passage of important trafficking legislation through her brave testimony, public testimony, and sacrificial efforts. Her dream was to become a psychologist and dedicate her life to helping women escape their personal traumas. She was a survivor of sex trafficking. She was an advocate. And tonight, we're gonna dedicate this show to her, her, her memory. And we're going to take just a moment of silence to, um, to honor her work, her dedication, and her love for God's people. So if we could just be silent for just a moment. Thank you so much for the silence and joining me in that moment of silence to honor her. KTEL, just want to tell you that we are not going to allow your death to be in vain. We, people who are out here working and advocating, we shall take up the torch and keep fighting to save people from this inhumane industry called sex trafficking. Thank you everyone for allowing me to do that. That was a bit emotional for me because um, I don't know Katel personally, but I know the pain that she must've gone through the suffering that she felt the times of loneliness and weariness that she felt, how she felt as an advocate out there trying to save lives and, and um, rescue people. So uh, I, I just really just connected with her in, in that spirit. So, but tonight As we continue on with our reporting, um, I have a special guest uh, who is just absolutely dynamic. The very first meeting we had, we hit it off. I mean, I scheduled our meeting to just be one hour, but it turned out to be three. Um, She has a love for people and a passion to help people. She is a life coach and a founder of an organization as well as a host of her own radio show. And guess what? She's actually on our network. So without further ado, please welcome to our virtual studio, Harilyn Swinger Wall. Welcome to the show. Harilyn. are you there? Okay, we seem to be having a little bit of technical difficulties. Her um phone I believe has got some interference, but hold on for just a moment.
2: Can you hear me? Ha-
1: Harolyn, hey, okay. Yeah. You can, can you hear me now. Yes. how okay. I don't know
2: what I don't know what happened. It just shut off. <laughs> That's, that's all right, because okay,
1: you know me, I was about to go straight into prayer war. I was about right, to get up in there on my knees and be like, Lord, I'm Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, well, we are not going to
2: the gonna let the enemy steal this. And that's right. He ain't going to do it. <laughs> that's right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah,
1: so welcome to the show, Harlan. I really appreciate you taking the time out to be with us. I know you are a very, very busy person, and so I, I count it an honor
2: thank you so much i you really appreciate welcome. the invitation and i and i i am trying to figure out i want to meet this lady who you introduced <laughs> i want to meet her <laughs> i who said wait her that can't be about. me she's talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you make me uh, feel yeah. so special thank you for that introduction Oh my, oh, my goodness, you making me put in some work. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I I thank God that you saw that in me and that you felt that way about me. That's a blessing. I appreciate yes, it.
1: Definitely. Look, I try not to hang around people who um who don't pull me up. You know what I mean? Right. I'm trying to go right. higher. Hallelujah. And so yes, I appreciate ma'am. what, you know, and the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So I believe that's what you yes. are in my life. And oh, so, wow. um. So we're going to keep on uh, doing that. Could you, you know, I want to, I want the listeners to know, get to know you, who you are. Um, so tell us about yourself. Are you married? Are you single? You know, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I am. I am fabulously forty three. Yes, I'm mm. fabulously forty three, and I am married to an awesome man of God, Reverend James Ross. Um, collectively, we have. Well, together we have collectively. I only buy. I only birthed two children, but we have six children, and um, a host of. We have some grandchildren and a host of God children. I have um, three siblings. Both of my parents, awesome parents, Harold Swinger and Joanne Swinger, Reverend Harold Swinger and Sister Joanne Swinger, and so um, they are my some of my biggest inspirations. Um, I. I am an empowerment speaker. I am a certified life coach and business consultant. I am a survivor of domestic violence, abuse, and sex trafficking. I am a co-founder of Fellowship Community Outreach, and um, in Fellowship Community Outreach we have two different smaller organizations that have saved survivors against violence and and determine. And that is for our um, the myth sex trafficking and child abuse and sexual abuse. And mm-hmm. um, we have invisibly disabled butterfly angels. And that is our health awareness piece. So helping people overcome, you know, deal with life that have health challenges, instead of making life life happen for them instead of happen to them. So that's our model for that one.
1: Wow, well, that's, that's wonderful, and what I would like to do is give you some time in the end to, you know, talk a little bit about what you do within your organization, okay. and um, because it's it's powerful. You know, like you said, you are a survivor, and you didn't just crawl under a rock after surviving your trauma. You thrived yeah. and you lived, and so that's so very important, and I applaud you for that. I So could you share with us a little bit about... Who, who was your abuser, and how old were you um, when you, you know, when you were being abused as a child?
2: My um, abuser, I was happy to be about six years old, and I remember it was a family member. Um, I carried that secret for years, and I actually finally told my parents in my 30s. Um, oh, my gosh. Some you no. Know, was wrong and notice how the person acts around me and still to this day this person wouldn't see me to this every day they don't come around so I don't remember a lot about the actual act I do remember bits and pieces of it it was so traumatic for me there were certain blocks that I kind of think got put you know there purposely because Mm -hmm. it was so traumatic um I'll never forget the innocence of, you know, they had the the head doll, that little Barbie doll. It was just the head, and all you did was was comb her hair, curl her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I remember my grandmother gave me a pair of her old pearls and told me that I could use and one of her scarves and said, you know, you can use it for the baby doll, and I would do her hair up. Um, it came with a curling iron to actually curl the hair however this these curl you that one not hot, but you know, it, I had a good one. Um, and I remember sitting there now play in this particular room and um I just remember him coming in and whatever whatever happened, I just remember waking up, feeling certain way and in just a slip. That was it. And my socks. Wow. And wow. I remember the words, "If you love me, you won't say nothing."
3: Mm. Mm.
2: And I remember that was the last time I have yet touched a, 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 a head doll. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to school for cosmetology. For some reason, I could not make it through the first week because I had to touch a head doll. Wow. So I still to this day have not touched another head doll to this day. Mm-hmm. um I tell people that healing takes process um, over time, and I don't think anyone has a particular time that they fully get past everything. I think mm-hmm. as life goes on, we heal a little bit more. We heal a little That's bit right. more, a little bit more. And um, I have totally forgiven him.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: would love to see him and let him know. I, I want him to hear me verbally say, I forgive you. But if that never happens, Lord, I just let you know I forgive him. I don't have that animosity against him because I knew that he was on drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. And if it had not been for the drugs, I don't think that would have happened because he was very protective of me, very protective. Mm -hmm. So that was the only time I've ever seen him that that high, and that's when it happened. Um, Other than that, he was was always... So it was only that uh, one time? That I can remember, yeah, that was only that one time that I can certain way, really, like, icky and hurting, and I just didn't Mm. understand why, and I remember I could not, I just feel like I just could not tell my parents. I didn't know how to tell them, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I really, I I don't think that was something that we ever really had conversations about, so... And I'm sure um, it was very
1: confusing, because he threw the word love in there, and it was conflicting with what you understand love to be, but still through the word love in there, and you're thinking, okay, right. if I love him, then I'm not going to tell anyone. So, so for a six-year-old, that's very complicated right. and um, right. you know, contradictive To uh, it breached your understanding of what love is. Right. Yeah. It, it, so it, it I can it. understand that. Yeah. And I had a um, come
2: ask me,
1: say, "I got to take a quick break. So if you can okay. put a little bookmark right there, everybody okay. else out there in Radio Land, if you'll keep your ch- cheeks in the seats." I'll be right back after this quick message. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of IRAIN's Log Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. I which is a
4: declarative
1: acronym for the individual survivor. That means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, Grow in Christ, and N, Nurture Myself and Others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign. A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ.
0: The I Rain Blog Talk Radio, Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie
1: Bell. Like you said, welcome back to the I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show, powered by We Inspired Network Radio. I am your host, Minister Annie Bell. I do want to invite you all all out to a movie premiere. You're hearing it straight from us. It's called Black Girls Die to the Backpage Murders. And it will premiere next Friday, January 27th, uh, at the uh, Morehouse College at 6 p.m. It's from 6 p.m. to to 1130. They're going to have a black carpet. They're just uh, really going to, you know, do this up. So if you want more information, just uh, look on my Facebook page, and you will see the link to get your tickets and to be part of a phenomenal film, that is shedding light on some of the murders that happened uh, on the on com. Thank God that that has been taken down, and we pray that it stays down. So tonight I um, have with me in the virtual studio Miss Swinger-Roll, Swingerall, who is here to talk about uh, her her triumph. You know, uh, she's had some turbulence in her life, but there's something about getting back up and dusting off and, um, and thriving. So welcome back to the show, Carolyn. Can I call you Miss Lynn?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. Um, and we'll talk about your show in just a little bit, but now, um, you know, we, before the break, we talked about basically your, the sexual abuse that you encountered and, and all the, um, the ways that it breached your understanding of what love is. And you stated mm-hmm. that you didn't, you didn't tell anybody till you were 30,
3: um, which mm-hmm. is,
1: wow. You had carried that all by yourself. You also talked about yeah. um, being a victim of domestic violence. And so yeah. I want to take a moment to really understand that. How, how did you meet him and um, what did it feel like and look like before uh, the actual violence took place? And why I'm asking this is because so women so many women um, are our teenage girls fall into a relationship and um, they stick and stay far longer than they should and so when we have this candid conversation it is not it's it's so that we can help prevent and give some strength to those who may be going through it now or uh, might be going through it later so Tell us a little bit about how that relationship began.
2: Well, I actually have had multiple abusers. Um, it started my first bout with domestic violence when I was fourteen years old. Um, I was dating a guy I went to that lived in the area, and he wanted me to have sex with him. I tried it, and it did not feel good, and I said no, um, and he broke my nose. Oh my he, um, so that was my first about with domestic violence, and he had me terrified and things like that, like they were gonna do something to me. He ended up prosecuting and went to jail. Um, after that, I it was almost like it was a series of abusive relationships, after another month after another. I dated a lot of guys who were the dope, you know, they were dope dealers, um, street hustlers, stuff like that, and. A lot of them were, when I say very abusive, I mean very abusive. Most of my main relationships, actual boyfriend relationships, coming up for the probably from the age of, I say fifteen to twenty, in my early twenties or kind of twenty four, twenty five, were abusive. Um, it seemed like, and I thought because I wasn't staying with them too long after it that I was doing good. You know, mm. oh, you do this to me, I'm out of here. But then I would go and find another guy basically the same way. So I was actually attracting something. I was attracting what I guess I was looking for, because I was looking for love. My parents Mm -hmm. had divorced, and um, during their divorce, you know, there was a lot of unanswered questions. Um, I know I was loved. My parents never made me feel like I was not loved in that sense. But when you're used to having something there, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, from nowhere, it's up and gone because it wasn't a long, it wasn't a process. It was literally here today, and when I say literally going tomorrow, I mean literally. We're here today, <clears> that is here today, and tomorrow he's gone. And oh, wow. um, so you know, but even through the process, I had my parents were great. My parents were awesome. Um, you know, I I had anger because I didn't understand it. So I was kind of angry at both of them, and then I was angry at life. I was mm-hmm. angry at God. I didn't know who to be mad with. But then I wanted love. And um, so I was confused. So I wasn't looking for love. And if a guy told me he loved me, going back to that abuse situation, if you love me, then sometimes I guess that means you hurt me. So I guess mm-hmm. I equated that, that hurt with love. Sure. And sure. then I had guys who would buy me whatever I wanted. You know, well, if I, they beat me up, then they take me on the shopping spree.
3: You know, I'm not talking <clears> about <throat> Liberty's
2: shopping spree. I'm talking about with big top name brand stuff, taking me to the finest restaurants. But it's after you have abused me. Right. Um, so I had a, a cycle. series of them.
3: Mm-hmm. It was
2: a cycle. Yeah. And some of them were just a slap in the face here or a push here or a kick, this and that. Then I had, then I, it was like as I went through abusers. It became worse. I, it's mm-hmm. like I almost got worse, 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 worse. I wow. would jump out the pen into the fire every time, mm-hmm. and it would get worse. And to the point where my last abuser, literally tried to take my life. He did everything he could to kill me, and he left me to die, thinking I was dead. But I was able to sneak out the house while he was back. Yeah. He thought I, he literally thought I was laying on in, in the couch dead.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, he had
2: killed me. But he, so he back there trying to figure out whatever's going on. But in all reality, I was able to sneak out because he, his mind was gone. His mind—I don't know thank what. God. Was, so, um, the abuse—it didn't necessarily stop there. I felt like, okay, I'm just—I'm okay. I got out of this relationship. I went right back to him. Mm-hmm. Got a job, went back to him, and um, he burnt out my house with me in it. Um, he, thank God I was able to get out. He came to our house and burnt my house down. The, well, the first house he burnt down, me and him were living together, and he burnt the house down. Then the steps, dumb me, went back to him again, and he burnt the house down. Me and him, I decided I was going to break up with him. I was tired. He came to burn the house up. So um, I happened to be in the house getting some clothes for my children. They were going to spend at my mom's house, and the house, the front part of the house was on fire. I was able to get out the back door. And so it happened, um, a friend of mine was the one taking took me over there to the house. Um, so I lost two houses within like six months of each other. Completely lost everything. The church helped me with the first fire. Everything they gave me, we lost in that fire due to him. So... Um, wow. And
3: you mentioned yes,
2: church. Man. And so
1: did you at any time run to the church for for help?
2: I did. Well, I mean, not not
1: to get your stuff back, but to say, hey, right. this, this man is beating me. And was he your husband I at the time?
2: I went... I went to, um, no, this one wasn't my husband. I went to um, the church many a time throughout all my abusive situations. Um, Even to the point where I um, had to usher one night and for night service. And I went there with sunglasses on. So I'm at night service. Hello. It's nighttime. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: So
2: no one recognized that I'm standing here ushering with sunglasses on. No one think it's kind of weird. No one say, Hey, um, are you okay? It was like, um, Are you yes, high? You know, like What's it going is on? Yes. Right, right. No one put me aside asking anything. I did reach out to the church to ask for help. It was like, like um, the few of people I did reach out to, it was almost like, um, I don't know what to tell you. So I did not reach too far because I really felt, what was they going to do? If they didn't ask mm-hmm. me a simple question, and the few of people that I felt like I could confide in, they looked at me like I was crazy. to kept their children away from me. Um and so mm. yeah, it it was pointless, you know. I was mm. almost the black sheep now, you know. And then mm-hmm. it got around that I was being abused. It did. So now I became the mock of the church. I became the talk of the church. I mm. became that girl, that girl who those sisters in church don't want their kids around. I became her. I became that the side eye lady.
3: You mm-hmm. know, what
2: is she doing? She was kind and, of um, right. And so my um I ended up getting married to my first husband. He was abusive. But he was more abusive to my children than he was to me. Um, well, this go back to the church and and I understand when I'm saying this, I'm not dogging the church because guess what? If you don't know, then a lot of times you're gonna make some crazy decisions. So mm-hmm. it's be important for the church to be educated. The church didn't know how to handle these situations. But I was told by someone in church, give up my children to make my my marriage last. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I'm not giving up my children. If, if he can't handle the children, he shouldn't have married a woman with children. That's exactly right. was very abusive to my children. He, when I say very abusive, oh, my gosh, he was crazy. And so um, it was weird because... When he abused my, my son and my daughter, my instant thought was to kill him.
3: Mm-hmm. My
2: instant thought was to kill him. And it was almost like me and my mother's life have, have, have almost patterned each other because she had a very similar situation happen. Well, I always lock my front door. Now, the, the way I have my door is there's just two main doors. You have the main door and you have the, a, a porch. Close the porch, mm-hmm. you have another door. I never leave my doors open. Well, when he abused my son, he actually took my son and threw my son across the room. My son hit the ceiling, blood from the ceiling all the way down onto the bed, okay?
3: Jesus.
2: So my son had to have these surgeries on his mouth. Um, well, my first reaction was I'm going to kill him. So I mm-hmm. went downstairs to get a butcher knife. I'm headed back upstairs. As I'm headed back upstairs, my mother's walking in my house. She doesn't have a key to my house. So how is she in my house? That was mm-hmm. the first, grace of God. 'Cause she said he ain't worth it.
3: Mhm.
2: He's not worth it. Wow. So yeah. I've had ten year uh a ten to a twelve year span of nothing but abuse, sexual abuse, the uh, was just psychotic. And I was like I was a magnet to these guys. I was a, uh, mm-hmm. I was drawing them. That's all I wanted was these I guess thuggish type of guys. <laughs>
1: well so, I mean, yeah, you know, I wanna was... interject something, um, that there is something called multi victimization. Or being re-victimized And when there is Unresolved Abuse What happens to the psyche of the person Is that uh, There's a sense in us And I'm a survivor as well Of uh, child sexual abuse But there's a sense in us That when there is uh, Danger Or or, or crisis We uh, begin to feel A sense of helplessness And so we become more vulnerable. And um, so there is a deep and important reason that we must heal from past hurts so that we can recover and to um, be able to kind of be up to par, if you want to say, um, so that we're not constantly operating within that unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, which we, we all, those who have survived, we all have coping mechanisms, whether it's some to some, it's addiction to others. It's, um, for me, it was control. I had to have to have everything. I have to control everything within my realm. Um, don't tell me what to do. I don't care if you're my boss, but you need to come and ask me nicely. You know, I became more of a fighter.
4: And so, um,
1: you know, I got into a lot of, a lot of trouble, um, it wasn't until I almost went to jail for threatening to kill somebody, to shoot them, um, that, uh, you know, it, it, I woke up because they right. were like, okay, you, you know, this is federal because you were on the federal lines. I was on a phone call wow. threatening to kill somebody. Um, but those, that's what happened. So, it, again, it's so important that we heal from past hurts so that we can no longer um, be, uh, to, to be set up for multi-victimization. And also, you say, mm-hmm.
2: it's funny that you say that, I'm um, sorry to interrupt,
3: um, no.
2: but my, it was, um, I had my husband that I'm with now. Um, first of all, I did not, I, I, when I first met him, well, I can't say when I first met him, I've known him all my life, but I did not want mm-hmm. to date him. I'm like, no, 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 no. But when we got together, his thing was, your heart is so um, you have a wall so so tall around your heart, I can't get in.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so my attitude was, you're going to beat me. You're going to do this. So I was automatically defensive. If mm-hmm. he said, heroin too loud, I'm thinking, oh, you finna hit me. So now I'm like, okay, what you want to do? I'm ready to fight. So I'm mm-hmm. like, what you going to do? So then I became verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. He, remember, hurt people hurt people. Hurt
1: people. That's right. That's right. So
2: I became that mouthy, oh, I'm going to, oh, and then when I say you, I said some stuff that I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, this man's still with me. Oh, wow. Harold, your (laughs) mouth can kill. And when I said, I said some stuff to him and one day he took me outside, he took me to the park and sat me down and just grabbed me and he said, I am not going to hit you. You're going to stop. Taking your anger out on me for these other men. He said, So mm-hmm. today's the day that I'm going to let you release all your anger and hatred for whoever done to you. The man who mm-hmm. molested you, the man who raped you, all the stuff. Take it out on me right here in the party. Right oh, here in the party. Wow. Do whatever you want. If you want to slap me, if you want to spit on me, you want to kick me screaming at me, whatever you want to do. He said, because I cannot love you the way you need to be loved, and I want to love you with this wall. And I Mm -hmm. want to love you past your pain. And I just got to screaming and cussing and fighting. and I said, Lord, I want to go to heaven and hell, because I I was uh, (laughs) going crazy. And he grabbed me.
1: Uh And he
2: said, this is what love feels like. And he held me for about 30 minutes and just prayed with me. And he said, we he said, we are going to get through this together. Not you yes. going to get
1: through this.
2: We. We. My Amen. Story, Thank
1: God for husbands right. that said, God has sent who are, because yeah, same thing, you know, um, I have been divorced twice because I, I just didn't take any crap. You know, I just right. didn't. And um, my my third husband, who I am with now, we've been married for going on 13 years. And that is nothing but God because my last two marriages—one lasted uh, six uh, six months and the other one lasted a year—and so wow. um, God knows who we need and um, and right. thank God for the husbands that He sends to us. The other thing yeah. that you know, talking about multi victimization, there's a spiritual aspect to it as well because yeah. when there is that type of violation. Um, there is also a transferring of spirits, and those who, um, you know, might feel like, Oh, she's about to you know, talk about some mumbo jumbo stuff. I'm not, it is biblical. And so spirits mm-hmm. can recognize spirits and the predators know how to recognize those who have been abused. And so, um, again, yet another reason that we have to, um, heal from the inside out and, um, you spiritually as well. We have to heal. Um, there is also a statistic out through the ACE report that says anyone that has unresolved childhood abuse, um, 20 years of their lifespan is cut, is decreased. So if you would have, if a person is supposed to, you know, supposedly live till 80, um, they will, wow. you know, cut it down to uh, 60. If it's not healed, wow. if there's no recovery. Wow. And so that's why on this show we talk so much about healing and recovering right, and right. talking about it because when you heal, and like you said earlier, it's progressive. You, you, you're you not going right. to – it's not like a wound that just completely heals and it's gone. It, it is there is progressive. We have to kind of walk through it, tend to it, and things of that sort that doesn't get reinfected. So it's very, very important to um, – to get that healing, to start it and talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment you begin to talk about it in a nurturing environment where somebody is loving and nurturing that it it, it, it initiates the healing process immediately. Right. And so, right. um, and, and so that's why, you know, again, we do the talk therapy through our radio show. Um, and even those who are guests on our show who are survivors they go to another level of healing just by sharing right. in a platform yes. like this. And so, I was about um, to say know, that.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was about to say that. It, it is. I find myself it is. the more I speak, the more I speak, <clears throat> the more I heal. And yes. I find myself healing from things that I thought I was already healed from. I find myself having a better understanding. And I remember a young lady asked me, do you ever get tired of telling your story? I said, no. I said, my story does not change. Mm-hmm. But my understanding changes. Yes. And my yes. level of confidence changes. I said I if the story stays the same. I said but how I tell my story changes. Because exactly. when I was first telling my story I was in tears. It was broken up. It was little pieces here. It was I was so all over the place that mm-hmm. no one then knew okay, what is she talking about? So is she was she abused or was she um either hamburger today or did she have a, <laughs> a weave on or well, she her shoes red. Because I did not know how to it without feeling I had to tell every detail of it,
1: right? But right,
2: so then as as time go on, I learn I'm healing, and so mm-hmm. by, my, my my delivery changes, <clears throat> and then my confidence changes. That's
3: and right, and then
2: I'm like, Wow, so now I'm telling the story, but now I'm able to tell, show my healing in the story. Now, I'm able mm-hmm. to show, now I'm able to tell somebody else going down. Now, this is how what happened with me. So trust me, it can happen with you. I couldn't tell that mm-hmm.
3: before. Yeah,
2: I was a pity. Yeah, a lot of people get up here, and I would tell people a lot of advocates. They're great advocates, but a lot of us start off as pity parties.
3: Mhm.
2: I started off as a pity party advocate. I wanted to tell my story, and and all I, it was pity. It was pity me. It was pity me. Pity me. But I I was healing. I was healing. I was hurt. That's right. I had to get out. Amen. So yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, it's, it's what type of
1: party. um type of effects, you know, you know, since we're talking about survival responses, what type of survival responses or coping mechanisms did you see within yourself in order to have uh, survived you know, through those abuses?
2: Um, I will say that being raised up in a Christian home really made a huge difference um, mm-hmm. because when I tell you my parents were clockwise every Saturday morning, we have devotional service. Go to church for Sunshine Band. All this stuff. That those kind of rituals instilled a certain level of faith in me that I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember times I was being abused. I can remember hearing the word, hearing God say, "I got you. You okay? I got you. I got you. You okay? You okay?" And I'm like, why? I'm not okay. Who is failing me? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm not at peace, really. But as I grew, I'm like, that was God telling me I'm right here with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I learned what helped me through my battle was my mother came to me one day. And she said, here, I'm tired. Of you. I, I know you've been through a lot. This crying is good but it ain't helping you because you're pitying yourself now. My mother handed me a book, and she said, I want you to write it. She said, for a whole year or for a while, don't tell anybody about your story for a minute. Write whatever you need to write, how you felt, and that's between you and the Lord, what you write. I started journaling. My mother mm-hmm. is a, a huge journal. My mother has written Books that she ain't never published, <laughs> never. Mm-hmm. My mother's a huge wow. writer. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a one letter from my mother like eighteen pages. Okay, so yeah, um, <laughs> one letter to tell you that you're making a bad choice is we call it a choices letter. It's eighteen pages. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> she gave me this journal, and when I tell you now, I might need your help with the therapy part of the journaling because I'm addicted to journaling. <laughs> but it's uh, if my husband say, baby, if you can't buy another journal, I have I literally have about forty journals.
4: Wow and
2: um, yeah and every every one of them have a certain meaning. every one Mm -hmm. of them have a certain purpose but journaling saved my life because I was able to be transparent on Mm -hmm. that paper I was able to say exactly how I felt with no repercussions no hurt feelings I was able to be truthful with how I felt it was my truth that I was living and journaling that and then um living in Michigan during the time um everybody know Michigan is surrounded by water.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: my mother said um go find you somewhere peaceful." Re- peaceful. There's a place called Renaissance Center in Michigan. And anybody have been there know that they have these levels and the higher up you go there's couches sitting right in the middle of the floor. And you got your own private space almost. I would go up to the top floor and sit there and look over the water and just react mm-hmm. Where going to Where I go sit out in the water, and I would just let the Lord, I'm like, Lord, you gotta speak to me. You gotta mm-hmm. speak to me because I'm ready to die. I try to commit suicide. Then I start looking into, um, a friend told me about citrus therapy. I've never heard citrus therapy until she told me about it. When you get stressed out eating a piece of citrus fruit and how it helped me. So when I would get depressed, I would eat an orange. I'm <coughs> sorry. I don't know what it did, but it actually helped me calm my body. Citrus therapy. I've never heard of i have to look COVID that back. up. I've never heard of that. And even to this day, when I'm having an anxiety attack, if I have one, because I don't lie to anybody, I'm not perfect. I have health issues. So, yeah, I end up with depression sometimes. I have anxiety attacks every now and then. Or I might have a stressful week, and I just need to relax. I'll give me an orange. And it's something that the, the citrus does to the body. I don't know what it does, but mm-hmm. it's so soothing. So wow. between the journaling, the water, and that's what I miss here in Georgia. I don't have that. Um, I know. I, I, from Georgia, and I'm from Virginia, i
1: used to all right, that ocean water. Mm-hmm. Oh, my
2: gosh. It's, it's crazy. So since I've been here, I found myself writing more. And I found myself even to the point where I just – Look at, I've learned to enjoy God's greatness, his beauty, mm-hmm. his, his His the the outside, whatever it is, and try to find some type of meaning of life, something, because I, I tell anybody, you can get a sermon or some kind of message out of anything, you look at God's creation.
3: That's um, right.
2: But that's, that's right. what helped me. I had to find a simple thing in life, and my children, oh my God, my daughter would come to me and say, Mama, let me just play with your hair and i just want you to rest mama and she was cook my daughter was eight years old cooking dinner wow my daughter was eight years old cleaning the house doing laundry this is my eight-year-old daughter and i'm like i come off from of work and she has dinner cooked and they talk about no little chicken fingers my daughter had them baked some chicken macaroni all this stuff for dinner make my lunch for the next day did the laundry cleaned the house eight years old because i didn't have a babysitter So, um, thankful I had a good neighbor who would watch over this I got home. But my children were my relief. They they were such a help. And then my husband, my husband, I mean, he would sit there and listen to me. He would cry, and he would just hold me. He said, babe, just lay it out. And I'm like, babe, I I feel like it was tearing him apart because the reality was I could not be the wife I needed to be to him. Because I'm, I was hurt and I'm broken, I'm I'm, wow. I'm
1: gone. So, now, um, I, I need you to put another pin in there because we I skipped the other break, but I need to take this one. When we come back, um, I do want to hear how your um abusive relationship got you into sex trafficking. So okay. everybody, please stay stay put. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
4: Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At WIN, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with WIN to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. Advertise on Win, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org.
0: Welcome back to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell.
1: Thank you for staying with us. Again, you're listening to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show, and I'm your host, Minister Annie Bell. I do want to issue a trigger warning um, for survivors who are listening in tonight. Uh, If it's urgent to speak with someone immediately, you can call the National Sexual Hotline or uh, call Polaris the Hotline. It's one 373 7888 Again, one 373 7888 you don't have to suffer by yourself, reach out to me on Facebook, inbox me, connect with us so that we can help you. We also have prayer every Thursday night at 930, and um, the number for that is 530-881-1212. Access number two two five one eight four zero seven eight. If you look down at, our, um, at the slideshow, then you will see our, our JPEG on that as well, so you can get the information. We are back with Ms. Lynn, and she is about to tell us how one of her um, relationships turned into uh, a sex trafficking situation for her. Uh, Ms. Lynn, thank you so much for staying with us.
2: Yes, Um, actually, I was dating a guy, and he had got me into um, being a a exotic dancer. And um, from there, he would tell me, you know, he said, "I want you to go to this party," or whatever. But I did not know that the party was; these guys had paid for me, and I was wasn't aware of it. So that was the first part of it. That was the first incident of it. and then they would lock me into these into these rooms. I was locked in, so i I was drugged i was um beat i was raped uh they would even leave they would go to the point of even leaving receipts just to tell me how many men it was and when I tell you, it was trained a men. I remember a friend of mine um calling well at the fall time I had a beeper, and oh my God, that's way that's ancient time, but I had a yeah. Beeper. And I, I'm like, that? I'm just joking. <laughs> right. You know what? Don't do
4: <laughs> so
2: I remember um, her paging me, and she could not get me, but she knew that I was going to this party at this big hotel. Well, when she found out the men who were there, she knew that these guys were into sex trafficking. I mm-hmm. didn't even know this. So she immediately got a crew of the girls together, they came down there. And she told me she asked me to take a picture of the guys coming out because they were standing behind the wall and She said here when I finally was able to come to she said, it hasn't been 40 guys or better coming out of that room Jeez, I don't know what happened. Um, I was beat I was raped So that was the first time then I got with this one guy. He wanted to um, be my friend and he, You know, he's like oh my gosh, I'm gonna make you a model. So he took us over to Canada um, me and some friends went over to Canada and um I came back, you know I became the secretary. Well, we went back over to Canada. He gave me this beautiful bracelet, oh my god. So all the girls that he had over there had these beautiful bracelets. But he was asking us to go on these weird dates and I'm like, Okay. So again, you're drugs. Now I'm in Canada and I'm drug. I have no no I have no way to get home. I don't know where I am. Um, did not know I was even being sold. I'm, I'm, I'm literally being sold. The bracelet mm-hmm. was a SKU number. So the bracelet was actually a tag. The bracelet was to tell the guys that I am available. I am a trafficker. I am for sale. And on the other side of the bracelet, the numbers at the end told them how much I was sold for.
1: Oh, my God.
2: So I'm thinking, oh, my God. Because so, I'm 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 used to these guys by me, Coach, Um. All guests and all this stuff, so I know they have serial numbers in it. I think it's it's some kind of name brand bracelet with a serial number. So I'm not talking about the SKU number.
3: I Uh was
2: 18. Oh
3: my god, now Mm mind you, I
2: have I had a I had children. No, no, I was 19. I already had my son, so I was 19 or 20. I I was I was pretty young, but Mm -hmm. um, I remember someone asking me in the store, Are you are you traffic? I'm like, traffic. And so I got mad. I'm like, you trying to call me a prostitute? And so that she Uh said, ma'am. She said, this man is selling you. This man ain't selling me. Now I'm high. Mm -hmm. I I, I remember the conversation, but I remember being high. And I remember um, him taking us back to, um, well, no, he didn't take us back. This, um, somebody we knew, one of my sister's friends, saw me over there and got me back home. Well, then I remember later on, a couple weeks later, he can't pick me up again I'm drunk again now I'm at some hotel way across town I didn't even remember again I still can't tell you today day how I got there but again I was sold to a bunch of men I was sold to a bunch of men yet again so I'm like okay this time when I wake up the, the maid came knocking at the door telling me it's checkout time they gone and she said ma'am do you know what that bracelet is and I said no she said You are in a Catholic ring. I said, no. She said, ma'am, look at She showed me the news article about this this company, these guys. Uh So I'm like, wow. Um, I didn't know what to do. I I didn't know. I'm like, okay, are they going to come after me? So I had these men stalking my house. They knew where my mom lived. They knew where my sister lived. Everybody. So these people are stalking my house. And I did not know what sex. I didn't even know what sex trafficking was, and still mm-hmm. did not know until maybe the mid 2000s. And wow. when I learned about it, I'm like, wow. So I was brainwashed. I mm-hmm. was, and then I was found myself a lot of time waking up in somebody's basement. When I go to walk out the door, it's like prison bars. I can't get out. Mm-hmm. So me and four wow. other girls that lived in this man's basement. But we can't get out. Oh my God. We're locked here. But these are police and, officers you know, that we're dating.
1: These are police officers?
2: These are police officers that we're dating. One of them, sat. Um, one of the guys was a senator. And I won't, I definitely won't ever mention his name. I'm not going to do that. But mm-hmm. he was, um he was, a, he, he, no, he wasn't a senator. He was uh, the system to the senator. Um But, yeah, these are police officers. These are big wig men. These, one of them was, Assistant will work with the commissioner's office. So these were not And you know, that
1: makes it even more scary for the victims because they're thinking, okay, I can never get out. Who am I supposed to trust? And um, the other thing that I, you know, wanted to make sure that we say to the audience, you know, parents, children, if there's anyone listening, that you need to, um, parents, first of all, we need to love on our children and that they, that's the first defense against sex trafficking. We have to be the ones that give them the pure love, the agape love. Um, we are God's ambassadors. We, um, to, to, to our, to our children, you know, we represent the heavenly father. Um, and so we have to show that. And secondly, because otherwise, they will not be able to understand the type of love that these pimps and traffickers are saying.
3: Right.
1: Because a lot of times, they're not, they're not snatching kids off the street. A lot of the times, right. they are manipulating and using words like, I love you, yes. oh, you're so yes. beautiful, and yes. uh, the things that they need to hear. So be the one to say the things that they need to hear. And number two, be very vigilant uh, when you start seeing your children getting, you know, um, you know, blinged out and coached this right. and Dewey Berg that, you know, we, we need to kind of understand what's going on there. We only have a few more minutes and I really, I thought myself, yeah. I should have um, given you two hours Miss um, uh-huh. oh, Lynn. life story right. is truly, yeah. oh my gosh, to, for you to survive that um, is just, you know, again, surpasses my understanding. But what it, I want to ask you um, is you know, what would you say to, if you if you know of a, a young person who is being victimized or somebody who's in a uh, domestic violent relationship or a victim of sex trafficking, what can you say to them that they can hold on to until their rescue or their escape comes?
2: I would say, first of all, put a song in your heart. Place a song in your heart because... That is your inner peace for that moment. And understand that I know you're in a situation, but please understand that silence never heals anything. Nothing gets healed from silence. And that understand that you are love, we are here for you. You have a large pool of advocates that are waiting with open arms to just love on you and to help you through it. You are not alone. So please mm-hmm. understand. Don't and, and I tell people a lot of people go against this. Don't fight them. Don't do it.
3: Mhm.
2: Try to I will say try to block it. But don't be so don't don't try to fight back all the time because a lot of times you put yourself in a worse situation. You mm-hmm. want to do anything you can to try to get them to calm down. You don't want to agitate the uh, the abuser you want to get them calmed down so you can get away. But you want to be I strategic. Urge, yes, and I urge yeah. every woman, right. I don't care if you married and have the man of your dreams, I urge even men to have a safety plan. Yes. Because nobody nobody wakes up and say to somebody, say, oh, "I'm going to get I'm going to be with you. I know you're going to beat me." Nobody.
3: Mhm.
2: But have a safety plan. And I do safety planning, you know, for free. Um, but please understand that you are loved beyond measure. God loves you. We love you. And we are here for you. You are not alone.
1: Amen. And how can people, our listeners, get in touch with you?
2: I am on social media. Unfortunately, I am not good with Twitter or Instagram. I'm going to get better with Instagram. But I'm on Facebook. Um, Harold and Swinger Rawls. Um, Harold and praises what I do, Rawls. Um, I do have pay, Miss Lynn. And you can reach me by email. I'm going to give you the, the main email, which is saved, S A V E D dot F C O at gmail dot com. 60. Okay.
1: And I'm sorry. Can you say that number one more time?
2: 770-421-5044. Miss Lynn, I appreciate
1: you so much, and I thank God that you are a survivor and that you are helping others to survive as well. Thank you so much for being on the show with us this evening.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Now, time for the wisdom to reign. Um, you can't outrun your pain. Stop. Confront. And heal. I do also want to make another quick, um, uh, uh, I guess, word of advice. Uh, we talked about the church and how the church may not have uh, been an area for uh Hera Lynn to go to. But what we want to urge every church is that you get the training because sometimes staying and uh, praying about it and staying is not the way to stop a man who is abusive. So um, please get some training for, uh, as a church on how to handle abusive situation, whether it's child abuse, um, sex trafficking, or domestic violence. Let's get the training that we need, and then we can use the power that Christ has given us to save more people. To make donations and to get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IRAIN Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking. You can also follow us on YouTube channel at iRain Blog Talk Radio and become a subscriber so that you won't miss any of our shows. So, everybody, repeat after me. I reclaim my life. I excel at living. I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ, and I nurture myself and others. Let's reign together with Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. God bless you, and I love you bunches.
0: I'm more than a conqueror, I'm more than a shackle, I shackle,